strangled there. <clears throat> During the evening rush hour of August 1st, 2007, the eight-leg arch bridge, one that carried Interstate 35 West over the Mississippi River in Minneapolis, Minnesota, suddenly collapsed. Adjoining sections then crumbled. 111 vehicles and 18 construction workers fell as far as 115 feet into the river and on its banks. The accident killed 13 people and resulted in 145 injured. According to National Transportation Safety Board investigation, the bridge metal plates were too thin to support the weight of the span along the rush hour traffic and the construction equipment on the deck at the time of the accident. Now this bridge fell and lives were lost and injured because it wasn't built right. Because someone said, uh, we don't have to have a really thick plates up here right now. We can have thinner plates, so save some money. Uh, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's be considered about the cost here, uh, but it costs lives. You know, how many know our Christian life, how we build it matters? How we build this thing called a Christian life matters. Uh, and if we say, well, this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, it's going to cost somebody. You know, many people watch, uh, and if uh, and if we fall, many will fall with us. Amen. So with that in mind, uh, I want to preach out of the book of Job tonight. Let's go to Job chapter 1, which we'll starts verse 1. So there's a, there's a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him, also his possession were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 5,000 yokes of oxen, or 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So, that, uh, so this man was the greatest of all the people of the East, verse 6. Now there, was, uh, now there was a day when the sons of men came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them, and the Lord said to Satan, Where have you... Uh, uh, amen. Where do you come from? Uh, so Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears the Lord and shuns evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Hath God not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Uh, but uh, you stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay your hand upon his person. And Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Father, I'm asking you tonight, God, to speak, to minister. God, let your name, God, be glorified in the hearts of men and women. God, give us revelation, understanding tonight. Uh, God, it matters how we build our Christian life. It matters tonight uh, to the Lord. It matters uh, uh, to people. God, I pray, help us tonight in Jesus' name. God, you say amen. Hallelujah. I want to preach what I call tonight the trial, the trial. Uh, let's look first at the man Job. The Bible said Job was blameless. 
this word blameless means one without fault, uh, um, or without fault, unblemished, virtuous, pure, and moral. Also says he was upright or honest and honorable. So God looked at his life. That was God's opinion. So this is God speaking this. And it's not just uh, somebody else, but God said this about Job. Matter of fact, in Job 28, his own words, uh, he said, I was eyes to the blind, I was feet to the lame. I was a father to the poor, Job 31. I made a covenant with my eyes uh, not to look upon a young woman. So this is a good man. So when God looked at him, there's good things there. Uh, uh, so who we are matters tonight. How we speak, how we conduct ourselves, our attitude, places we go, how we treat people. Do we have faith, righteousness? Uh, this all matters tonight. And the reason it matters is because God and Satan both watch it. That's what we see in our text, both uh the, uh, the glory God himself and the demonic has his eyes on your life. <clears throat> so the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. God's kind of rubbing Job uh, in Satan's face here. God's kind of rubbing it in uh, Satan's nose uh, have you can have man? Have you been watching Job? Man, there's nothing like him. He blame us, upright, shuns evil. Uh, have you seen this man? And uh, so God is trophying him. God's highlighting him. Uh, and thank the Lord, He can do that tonight. But you know, uh, truth tonight, Job shouldn't be a novelty or something special, because we're all supposed to be like that. Everyone is supposed to be a blameless and upright person. Uh, Titus 2.2 says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in the faith, and love and, <coughs> and endurance. Verse 3, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Uh, then they can uh, urge the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Similar, encourage uh, the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them as an example of doing what is good in teaching, uh, show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech, they cannot be condemned. Uh, uh, amen. So uh, John 13, 33, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that <clears throat> so you must love one another. May this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Romans 12, uh, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself, neither be lacking in zeal, and keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, be boy, joy, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, uh, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people uh, who are in need, patient, hospitality, and it goes on. Uh, in other words, it gives us a picture of people that are uh, uh, blameless and upright. These people are serving God. They have something about their self, uh, uh, amen, that 
uh, showing Christianity something about their life that speaks uh, the kingdom of God, uh, and God's highlighting that. Every believer tonight should be blameless and upright, fearing God uh, and shunning evil. That should just be our testimony tonight. You know, Satan believes tonight in his deranged little mind that if God allows, uh, God, if God allows you to go through some hardship and difficulties, uh, you turn your back on God, quit coming to church, be bitter, uh, angry, and backslide. He really believes that. Uh, he really believes that if you suffer a little bit, uh, if you go through some things, that you're going to turn to God uh, and curse God, backslide, and quit coming to church. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him in all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And Satan answered and said to the Lord, Do, uh, Does Job fear the Lord for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? Uh, you have blessed the works of his hand. His possessions have increased in the land. But now... Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, as he will surely curse you to your face. Uh, Satan says that because he believes that, uh, that, that he believes that's in every heart, every Christian's heart, uh, that if we go through something, we're going to turn on God. You know, for the next several chapters, Job went through it. The Bible says he lost everything, cattle, herds, oxen, servants, uh, and even his children, uh, uh, as you read through the book, I read the whole book uh, the other day just to get my mind around this. Uh, as I'm reading the book of Job, you hurt for the man. I mean, you, you can feel it as he's going through it. He's laying in boils at the end, uh, or he's laying on ash and boils. He's cutting, or he's cleaning his boils with uh, uh, you know, with this little piece of uh, uh, pottery. Yeah. I mean, you're hurting for this man. He's going through it. Uh, I mean, his... Uh, 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 he's hurting everywhere. So as you read through the book of Job, uh, I mean, you feel it. Verse 20, then Job arose, tore his uh, robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and, and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, and all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Uh, so imagine all of that happening uh, as Job falls on his knees uh, and praising God. That's a good man. Truth, very few of us will ever go through anything like Job went through. But we will have our own battles and struggles. We're going to have times uh, of difficulty as part of life. There's struggles uh, in marriage and family, on jobs, uh, and even in church. That's a part of life. And, and Satan's going to put his finger in there and try to mess it up. James 1, 2 says, uh, <clears throat> Consider pure joy, my brethren, uh, uh, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testings of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete uh, and lacking nothing. As you read the end of the book of Job, Jesus is right uh, or James is right. Uh, uh, Job uh, was a this. Job was a better man as he went through things. Uh, you read the book of Job, and we're going to look at a little bit of. Uh, as James said, it's going to make you better. 
as you face things and go through them, as you believe God, uh, these things make you better, make you stronger, uh, and and, uh, make you a better Christian. You know, we're never to give up. For in time, God will come through. You know, Job's trial lasted about a year. Now, when you're going through it, a year is a long time. But, you know, as you look back on it, it uh, wasn't that long. The Bible said he lived uh, 140 years after he was healed. Uh, so that one year in time, uh, as he looks back, wasn't that long. Uh, in other words, you're going to get through it. God's going to help you. But, uh, listen, we can never give up. Job 19.25. He says, I know my Redeemer lives and that in the end uh, he will stand on <coughs> the earth. Hebrews 13.5 God has said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Uh, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. If we stay with it, uh, we see God's strong hand. If we stay with it, we have words like this ourselves. I want to look secondly tonight about talk about friendship for a moment. Job had friends come and spend time with him in time of his suffering. Listen, there are people who think they can make it without friends. I don't need friends. I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. I, I'm just, uh, listen, friends are good. Maybe you can make it on your own. <clears throat> Maybe you're kind of one of the people that... Uh, but listen, we need friends. Job's trial lasted about a year. Uh, and his friends came out. We're going to look. They weren't the best of friends, but they, they, they were some friends anyway. <laughs> but friends will help you, encourage you, pray for you uh, in your time of trial. Friendship is needed in life and in the house of God. Amen. It, the, the, you know, I grew up in... Uh, uh, you know, the church of God. And I can't remember one person I ever called friend. And, we, you know, we weren't real faithful to the church. We were kind of in and out. Uh, but I never knew anybody. We never went over to one person's house or one fellowship. Uh, there was no friendships in that church. But friendship is needed in life in the house of God. <clears throat> you know, what I really like about this lady's I don't know what you call it, online, online morning prayer thing. What I'm getting out of this from the ladies in the church, friendships are being built. As they're studying the Bible together, they're praying together, uh, friendships are being built. Uh, I've had some ladies come to me. This has really helped them uh, to get to know some other ladies in church, uh, how to think right as a Christian. It's a good thing. Psalms 18.1. After David had finished talking to Saul... Uh, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he lived, or he loved him as himself. Verse two: From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. <coughs> Excuse me. Jonathan took off his robe that he was wearing, gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Listen, David's the new guy here. Uh, David is full of faith. He's full of courage here. We know he just fought uh, Goliath, won a great battle. Uh, but as David is uh, 
running towards Goliath, uh, uh, Jonathan heard him say these words uh, in First Samuel 17, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have, whom you have defiled this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Uh, as uh, Jonathan is the... Uh, he he's in the church. John, David's this new guy's on fire for God. Uh, I mean, and Jonathan eyes him, and the Bible said immediately Jonathan reaches out to him and makes a friendship with him. Immediately reaches out and says, "Let me be your friend. Let me help you live for God." Uh, uh, we all need that. Said so Jonathan said, "I'm going to build a friendship." He said this words. Uh, Jonathan took up his robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Uh, so Jonathan's robe, tunic, sword, bow, and belt uh, was identity. He was giving it to David. He was saying, uh, you're a part of us now. Uh, we're, we're in a friendship now. He gave, uh, he equipped David with what he needed uh, this is a man in the church making an investment into another man, uh, helping him live for God, giving him what he needs, uh, uh, building a friendship. And uh, today, be you know, uh, it'd be different things we get, but you get the, the meaning, building friendship here. Proverbs 18, 24, a man uh, sticks closer, or a friend sticks closer than a brother. A friend loves at all times. I mean, friendship, you can't beat it. I got some friends, uh, long-term friendships. I can call up at any moment, uh, and we know each other. We can encourage each other, uh, but I've invested into that. He's, they've invested into me. We built a friendship uh, that's lasted through battles uh, and struggles and different uh, things. Uh, we're still friends. Listen, having a friend in times of battle makes all the difference. In the military, they're just called a battle buddy. In the military, uh, I'm here, I was in boot camp. Uh, you know, they, 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 you know, you're, you're with somebody. Uh, and at first, you don't like them, they don't like you. That's just where it is. I mean, he's right. You know, you, you've been there. You know what I'm saying? But you have to learn how to like them, because listen, under battle, they will save your bacon, or you will save them. That's uh, uh, a battle buddy. I've had people in church I didn't like them at first. Come on, new converts. Uh, when I was when I was a disciple, they rubbed me the wrong way, rubbed them the wrong way. Just didn't care for them much. But you know, after some time, after you spent time together, fellowship together, uh, hey, he's not that bad of a guy. Yeah, and we build a friendship. Come on, just being real with you. You know, I've had people say to me through the years, nobody in church likes me. I thought about that. I thought about Proverbs 18. A friend or a man that wants friends must show himself friendly. You know what they're saying? If you want a friend, invite them over to your house. Have some fellowship with them. Talk with them. Uh, uh, and invest in them, uh, and you build, get a friendship out of it. But when people say, nobody likes me, nobody talks to me, uh, the Bible says you have to show yourself friendly. Maybe work on that look. 
work on love. Hey, start smiling, you know. Wave, hey, good to see you, man. Sit up. You know, I say, said, hey, uh, says, you want a friend? Make yourself friendly. Make <laughs> yourself friendly. You know, it's not that people don't like you, but if you got that look, they're going to stay away from you. Right? I'm trying to help you here. You know, Matthew 4, when Jesus called these men to come follow him, uh, and, and I will make you fishers of men, he's, he's thinking more than making them fruitful disciples here. Jesus is t- t- talking about building a team here, forming a bond that would last, showing them uh, that they're stronger together than alone. Jesus, yes, he's going to disciple them, teach them how to be fruitful, but he's going to pull them close together. He's building a tight-knit friendship among them that's uh, going to last uh, for some time. If you follow their ministry after Jesus is taken, <clears throat> uh, Acts chapter 3, it said J- or Peter and John are together on their way to prayer. Not just Peter alone, but Peter and John are on their way to morning prayer together. Acts 4 says... Uh, all the believers were one heart and one mind. Acts 5, the apostles are arrested together for preaching. They're threatened, uh, and, their, and their response is this, verse 29, Peter and all the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. But it said, it was careful to say Peter and all the apostles. They're arrested together because it gives us a picture they're together. They're not on their own, but they're together. Acts chapter 10, uh, in the vision God gives uh, Peter, he told him to go to the house of Cornelius, uh, and Peter went uh, rose and went with those with him. Peter wasn't alone. Those that went with, with him, they all went to uh, Cornelius' house. Nowhere in Scripture does God say uh, you can make it on your own. You don't need the church. You don't need each other. But we see the opposite. The Apostle Paul says we're a body fitly jointed uh, and knitted together. Now, I've watched some ladies knit. Uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're knitting tight. I mean, it's close knitted. That's so good. Paul's saying uh, knitted and jointed together, talking about people in the house of God. 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen. Even so, the body is made up of one part, or or not made of one part, but of many. Verse 15 through 26, Paul says, uh, not one member is greater than the other. He talks about the eye, the hand, the ear. Uh, yes, each one has great importance, but neither one are more important than the other. Nobody in church is more important than the other. Everyone is here needed uh, equally. If you're missing your eye, you're missing something. If you're missing your ear, your hand, your leg, uh, Paul says, listen, uh, the whole body, everybody's is equally important uh, because if you miss one, you're going to, you're going to, the whole body's going to fill it. Ecclesiastics 4 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If one of them falls down, uh, 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 one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. 
Verse 11, also, if two lie down together, they can keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though uh, one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strand uh, is not quickly broken. Uh, uh, so listen, you need a friend in church. If you don't have one, get one. Work on it. Uh, amen. Show yourself friendly. Throw yourself at them. Uh, come to my house, please. Be honest. I need a friend. Nobody likes me. No, I'm not saying. No, but I need a friend. Be honest. Would you come over? Hey, let's talk. Let's fellowship. Do something together. Uh, because Satan loves people that don't have friends. You know, Satan is busy with the ones that I think I don't need a friend. Think about what I'm going to say here. Think about Judas for a moment. You hear many times in the Bible, <clears throat> James and John, Peter and Andrew, Mary and Martha, but you never hear Judas and... It's always just Judas. You never hear, he never had a friend. I'm sure his friend would have smacked his hand and said, Stop, stop touching that offering. Straighten it up. Quit, quit talking like that. Uh, that's what friends do. If he had a friend, he would have said, hey, uh, you're not right. Because uh, uh, the Bible said he kept taking uh, money that was put in the offering. He was a treasurer. Uh, he kept taking. A good friend would have said, stop it. Quit doing that. Uh, he never had a friend. Friends keep each other straightened out. Friends keep each other on the right path. Proverbs 27, 17 as iron sharpens iron, so uh, one person sharpens the other. That's what I meant by stop it. Quit it. Come to church. Quit being lazy. You're not that sick. Come to church. A friend can say that. Now, if I called you and said that, mean pastor. But a friend can tell you that. Come on. A friend can tell you that. You say, yeah, yeah, I need to get up. Genesis 2.18, God said a man shall not dwell or be alone. It's not good for man to dwell alone. We're not good alone. You know, Job's friends fell a little short, didn't they? How many read the story there? You know, they did good at first. I mean, they're looking at Job, they're overwhelmed. I mean, uh... They're good friends at first. For seven days, they're sitting there without saying a word. They see how he's devastated here. How this sickness and disease, uh, whatever's going on, they're not sure. Is I mean, he's on the ground and ashes boils. Uh, he's lost everything. Uh, they're speechless. They're there probably praying silently for him. God, uh, help him, give him strength. Uh, uh, amen. So they're there. But then they start saying, you know what, Job, you ought to confess your sins. You're probably like this because you've done something wrong. But even through all that, they were still friends. Because in Job 42, we see friends don't always do it right. But God said in verse 10, after Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much. God said, friends are important here. I'm not going to... Bless you, Job. I'm not going to restore you until you pray for your friend. Let's get this right. Get the friendship right. Uh, but be, because before this, they were good friends. Uh, they they ran together. Amen. They did things together. And 
And God didn't want to allow this one thing to mess up a friendship. And it said after Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, uh, gave him twice as much as he had before. Listen, keep your friendships. Old friendships are hard to find, man. <clears throat> Old friends, amen, are worth uh, worth a pot of gold, I'm telling you. That's what God's telling Job here. Listen, uh, I know they didn't uh, say all the right stuff to you, but listen, keep a friendship. Let me talk last of God's redemption here. Job's sickness and losses were only for a time here. God restored Job's life. Look at verse uh, Job 42, verse 12. Lord restored the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 donkeys, 1,000 yokes of, of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. <clears throat> uh, so uh, he also had seven sons and three daughters, verse 16. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. So Job died an old man full of years. You know, if you're going through a tough time right now, God hasn't forgot you. There's a reason for what Job went through. Uh, uh, and if it didn't, I mean, it's for him then, yes. Uh, God was uh, wagering on Job, amen. Uh, um, you don't understand, I don't understand that. Maybe we can ask Job, God about that when we get to heaven, but... God was so confident in his man here. God was so confident in Job was the real deal. Uh, uh, and and I, I'm telling you, God, uh, we know that Job went through, but God is restoring him. God is uh, redeeming everything he lost and giving him more. You know, Job's such a wonderful example in the Word of God to you and I. Listen, there's nobody that's went through anything compared to Job. And the Bible said that Job uh, went through all of it. I read the whole book. Uh, I've read it many times before, but just to refresh my mind, uh, I read it again. Uh, and the Bible said Job does not curse God. Yeah, he said, why me? Said things a few times. Uh, but listen, uh, uh, Job is a, a great example to you and I. As we can go through it, we can still trust God, believe God, uh, and gives us the confidence that God is going to come and help us in the end. Listen, what kind of example are you being when you go through something? What kind of example are you being? You know, when Christians, when Christians quit serving God, leave church and get twisted up, bitter, because something <clears throat> went, uh, because something they went through. I wonder how deep their Christianity was was anyway. If something causes them to get twisted and bitter, uh, leave church mad, uh, you have to wonder how deep their Christianity was anyway. Because here, Job, anybody would say, hey, uh, Job, uh, you got some rights here. I mean, everything, losing everything, uh, his health, he's laying in ashes, uh, boils. Uh, we couldn't imagine the pain. Uh, but the Bible says, you read it all the way through. He's believing God. He's praying. Uh, and trust. That's powerful. Yeah, I don't think we should pray for trials. But James says, listen, uh, they make us stronger. Everyone can look back on things we went through and say, man, I learned from that. 
I got stronger. I got better uh, because of that. James 2, uh, or 1 verse 2 again, consider pure joy. My brother and sister, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finishes work uh, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, listen, if you've been through some things, you made some decisions. I'm going to keep living for God. I'm going to keep my mind right. Uh, I'm going to stay married. I'm going to uh, keep going for God. Listen, you can look back and, and say, I agree with James. You know, Job found the trial was hard. But he stayed right with God, and at the end, it's a wonderful testimony. 140 years he lived after. I guarantee he told all his grandkids, uh, remember that? Let me tell you a story about God. Uh, man, I love, and he tells this story. He kept it alive. Uh, that's what we do. Man, I remember when God helped me here. Man, we were going through, and God helped us. Uh, these are testimonies that are needed for church today. Let's bow our heads.